Blog Talk Radio. You know, happiness is a dimension of our own nature. Happiness, from a spiritual point of view, is not based on conditions or circumstances. Innately, we're happy beings. We're spiritual beings. So that means that happiness and joy are already built within. And as we're growing spiritually, we are removing filters from seeing or feeling the happiness that's already there. When we're somewhat blocked, happiness is conditioned. We say, well, I got a new car, therefore I'm happy. Or this person didn't call me back, therefore I'm unhappy. And so it's conditioned-based. But as we mature spiritually and we begin to touch into our real nature and being, we notice that we're happy regardless of what's going on. Something bad happens, we don't like it, but the happiness is still there. Uh, Someone doesn't call us back, some plan doesn't work out, we don't like it, but the happiness is still there. So that's a sign of spiritual maturity. So can we define happiness as the way to transform every emotion? and transform it to feel something right? Yes, you, you can uh, basically, you, you discover your happiness when you're able to see that in every circumstance there is possibility, there's potential, and there's an energy behind it pushing you to a greater expression of, of, of who and what you really are. People become frustrated and unhappy if they feel there's no way out if they feel that every road is blocked. But in reality, with a capital R, there's no such world. No world like that exists. We're surrounded by infinite possibilities. And so, with a shift of perception and attitude, you begin to see those possibilities. And those possibilities uh, invite us uh, to activate potential within us. Uh, the gifts and talents within us that are latent the possibilities invite us to activate, to discover and activate those, those possibilities. So again, then happiness would be us uh, becoming more ourselves. That'd be a very blissful state, you see. So it doesn't deny that bad things happen in the world. It doesn't deny that people die. People die on us. You know, people leave. Jobs change. It doesn't deny that. But when we come to an understanding that even with all the changes that are going on in the phenomenal world, there's still something about us that's permanent. There's something about us that's forever. And that part of us that's forever is spiritual, which means it never, it never began and it will never end. And as we become more and more identified with that, identified not just in, with a belief system, but identified that with some kind of spiritual practice, some kind of focus, some kind of intention, then our life takes on a whole different, a whole different vibration. How we can overcome the fear of rejection? Rejection is paying too much attention. The fear of rejection is paying too much attention to what other people are thinking about you and what other people are thinking about what you're thinking about. And people live in that kind of a bubble. I wonder if that person likes me. I wonder if this person appreciates me. And those are, uh, that's the wrong mode of being in the world. You have to think about what the universe thinks about you. And the universe thinks you're important. The, the, whatever name you want to use, you can say the universe, you can say the cosmos, you can say God, whatever. What, what, is, what does the universe think of you? 
And because you were created, you have meaning, you are important, you're worthy, you're worthwhile, because you weren't made accidentally. You weren't just accidentally made. Uh, nature didn't just come together and accidentally make you. You know, uh, there was a perfect idea behind you with c complete potential and possibility uh, to be activated. So you have to begin to think about, we all have to begin to think about, how does the universe think about me? Not how does that person over there think about me? Not how those group of people over there think about me. That's a waste of my time. Then I start to people please. I start to do things to make them like me, and, and, which may take away from my mission, may take away from my authenticity. It may take away from making my powers because I'm thinking about what they're thinking about. And they're thinking about what I'm thinking about. Everybody's thinking about what other people are thinking about what they're thinking about. <laughs> no. And what difference do you, do you see between pay attention to others yes. and learn from feedback of others? Yeah. yeah, you can learn from feedback from others. I'm not overly concerned about what others are thinking about me because I'm living my passion and my purpose and my intention. And then life gives me feedback. If, if I'm being stubborn in some area, Then, then, then there'll be some feedback from either life itself or from people. If, if I'm being arrogant, you'll get the feedback. If you're being wishy-washy, you get the feedback. So you learn how to pay attention. And, you know, as, you, as you mature and become more comfortable with yourself, you're able to take criticism. And what happens is uh, you start paying, uh, you start seeing, what, what, what they're called the two imposters, criticism and praise. There are people that praise you and people that criticize you. But after a while, you don't really care about either one of them. They're called imposters. And so if somebody's criticizing you and saying, oh, you don't know what you're talking about, you know, shut up, whatever, <laughs> you, 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 you don't care. It's like, thank you for your feedback, you know. And if somebody says, oh, you're the greatest, you're the greatest, you, 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 you're the best, you say, thank you, for your, thank you for your feedback. You start treating both the same because you're not trying to get something from the people. You're giving a gift to the people. You're getting your information and your energy directly from the life force, you see. You're getting fed by life. Life is giving you information, and you're sharing it. And if people don't want it, and they say, ah, it's a bunch of baloney, thank you. I won't give it to you, you know. And if somebody says, I want it, thank you. Here it is. But after a while, praise and criticism, you don't really care because you're... you're You're becoming so in tune inside of yourself. Yeah. It's, like, it's like if you are a mathematician and you know that 10 plus 10 is 20. You know it. It's not an opinion. You know it. And you stand in front of a group and you start to do your math and somebody says, I don't believe that. What are you going to do? You're going to say, okay, thank you. You know, you know 10 plus 10 is 20. You say, okay, thank you very much. <laughs> Good example. They're giving you feedback where you need to grow. Because when you get out here as a public figure, People talk about you. If you do really good, they talk about you more. If you yeah. do really, really good, they talk about you really, really more. It, yeah. it goes with scale. And yeah. then you learn this. Um, mediocrity attacks excellence all the time. And so if you're seeking to live a, an excellent life, those who are, have agreement with mediocrity, they attack you because you're making them uncomfortable. They want to stay small, so they attack people who are trying to do big things. Let's talk about the law of attraction. According to you, how we can use the law of attraction? Well, the, the basic, first start with the basics. The basic law is 
what you chronically think about is what you bring about in your experience. A thought is a unit of mental energy. Energy can never be created or destroyed. Energy just keeps changing itself into higher or lower expressions. So if you're constantly thinking negative, you know, uh, life is hard and, and then you die. There's not enough good jobs around. Uh, there's no... Decrease crisis. Yeah, there's, everything is working. Then you, you, your body temple gets that message. The cells of your, of your body begin to hear that. It starts to produce, produce toxic chemicals. Your immune system starts to become unhinged, starts to be, be impaired. Your thinking starts to go down because of the toxic chemicals. And you start to bring about what you're thinking about. You become sick, uh, not as much energy, so therefore your opportunities are depleted. Uh, your energy is down, critical thinking goes down. And then you start to bring about that negativity that you're describing. But you change it around and you begin to say, you know, I'm surrounded uh, by opportunities. Life is good. Everything is working together for my good. I, 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 I'm surrounded by infinite opportunities. Uh, prosperity is right here. And then what happens, when you start to say that, your mood is lifted, tonic chemicals and endorphins start to go through the body, starts to amplify your immune system, your thinking becomes more clearer, you start to see life differently, opportunities, you start to see opportunities that you couldn't see before, possibilities open up that you didn't even know about because your attitude has changed, and what looks like the law of attraction is simply you lifting your vibration so that you can see the potential that's here. And then we call it the law of attraction, but what it really is, I call it the law of, the law of radiation, the law of emergence. Because what you're doing is allowing that which is within you to come out and, and to radiate and to emerge and to express. And then in the physical form, good things happen and it looks like it's a, you're attracting it. What's really happening is you're radiating it, and what you're radiating is becoming visible.
It's the way that I want to live. Just for a feel No one can tell me what to do Cause what I'm doing, I'm doing for you
we touch into your mind, body, and soul. Somehow we have bought into a shoebox full of fallacies, and one of them is that it's all right to be poor. Whenever you see people prospering, always rejoice and bless them in your heart. Always do that. And you see, you magnetize yourself for that good when you bless other people. But you know, if you have a jealous spirit, oh, look at that. Why should they have that when I've got so little? Yeah, because you, you work, you operate your mouth against yourself. That's why. There's a verse of scripture also said, that says, Thou art ensnared by the word of thy mouth. You know, the mouth can be a dangerous thing until you learn how to operate it positively. <laughs> Some people are like a prosecuting attorney against themselves. Every time you think of something good, you talk yourself out of it. Yeah, but I know I just know it. I sure wish. No, but I can't. But oh, I sh Lord, I sure wish. Thou art ensnared by the words of thy mouth. Don't do that. That, that stems from your grand perennial root and, and my perennial root. The remarks that I heard so persistently was that all I want is just enough to get by. And then the one that my generation used was, how's it going, man? Oh, I made it. Now that's another thing and I want to warn you about this. You know, a lot of people are good at visualizing things for other people. Yeah, that's for Rockefeller. <laughs> that's for those rich people. You'll pass by those mansions in Bel Air and Beverly Hills that look at this where the rich people live. Look, look at that. That's for them. And you're really telling yourself, well, that's for them. I see them with it. But I don't see myself with it. Making what? <laughs> the standstill syndrome of hold on has been the banner of black America since we were imprisoned in this country culture. Survival was of the utmost importance. Just to live through the theme of survival or the capture of Africa. Okay, if you can see it for other people, why can't you see it for yourself? I taught people to do this. Here's a little testing. That whenever you see people being, doing, and having good, always be glad for them. Always rejoice for them. And, you know, say good things about them in your mind. I said, look at that old rich so-and-so. The Bible says, curse not the rich. Reverend Ike says, if you curse the rich, you'll never be one of us. <laughs> <laughs> it became a fixed mechanism in the pseudo-culture that the African was developing in this, quote, foreign land, unquote. 
how to survive, the need to survive, the whole syndrome of survival is a slave mentality syndrome. I remember some years ago, I uh, drove up to our place up in the mountains in, in Monterey overlooking the, the ocean and my custodian at that time was a very fine gentleman who met me outside and he saw that brand new mink silver gray and blue Rolls Royce Corniche. And he said to me, he says, oh, Reverend Ike, he said, I saw this car in my visualization the other day. I say, yeah, but you made one mistake. You didn't see yourself with it. <laughs> so I got it. Prosperity is the correct concept for the African, where most of the wealth of the planet has been drawn from. Most of the gold, most of the silver, most of the diamonds, ruby, emeralds, pearls, Africa, that says the land from which we adhere is a rich land. A land flowing with milk and honey. The God's so-called chosen was sent to that land as a promised land. And when you decide it, you gotta do what? Be in it. Another picture. Look at the so-called Egyptian, the African of Kemet and his and her culture laced with gold laced with silver and precious stone the point I'm making is that you're from a rich culture a rich past it's back here the idea to be rich to be prosperous to be well to do okay? the illusion of poverty is just that it is an illusion in this teaching, that would indicate, yes, law, meaning that you have an affirmative attitude toward the law, which works to bring you to the demonstration of the good that you believe. In this cycle we are in, of high dispensation, that includes wealth. You're supposed to get back something. Surely, God is able. Say that. Surely, God is able. Say it again. Surely, God is able. The third time. Surely, God is able. And I like to make it so very personal and say it this way, surely God in me is able. Say it again. Spiritual prosperity includes material prosperity. It includes mental prosperity. It doesn't exclude anything. The masters who presented themselves to a given people renounced material materiality because they were demonstrating spirituality. They didn't need to harness 
and stack up anything. They could have anything they wanted when they wanted it. When you believe, nothing is impossible. So you got to believe. That's real prosperity consciousness. To have what you need and want when you need it and when you want it. If it is not having a large bank account, because the bank all the money go off with your money. <laughs> In your consciousness, that's where prosperity is. See it! Let's hear it! See it! This deals with visualization. We're not listening to whom we're supposed to be listening to. We're listening to the things that worry and trouble us. The things that confuse us occupy much of our minds. There's an answer for every question. There's a solution to every problem. Where is it? Inside. It is important that you learn how to work in the theater of your mind. And I want to leave that term with you. Say, the theater of my mind. There's no more God out here than there is in there. Now, I'm going to tell you something important. Because, see, somehow we don't think we're supposed to get rich unless we work and save our money. And that's a practical good way to do so. And, and I'm not going to knock that. You know? Yeah, it is. It, it, much as I dislike eight hours a day, it's practical and it's significant and it gives it a sense of purpose and direction. Wealth is given. It is not earned. I now enter into the theater of my mind and look upon the stage of my imagination. You've got it set there. And, you, and then I will say, I see my... And then you describe yourself as you wish to be. So repeat this after me. I now look upon, I now enter the theater of my mind. And look upon the stage of my imagination. And I see myself as I wish to be. While we sit here, somebody's getting rich. And I want you to think about that instead about somebody tricking you out of your check. Money is an idea. How many ideas can you contain? What is it that brings you your good? Oh, there I am. Look how healthy I am. Look how happy I am. Listen to the way I'm laughing. I'm just the exact weight that I want to be. Look at that. My dimensions are as I would have them to be. Just look at me. And look at all that money around. What are you passionate about? 
What is it that you really love with all of your feeling? So you transfer that to money. Yes, you can. If you want to. So learn how to see yourself being, doing, and having the good that you desire. Enter the theater of your mind. Look upon the stage of your imagination and see yourself. And it's important that you see yourself being, doing, and having the good that you desire. Systematically, this man kept trying to destroy everything that something was giving him. He was doing it to himself, but not the white boy. He was doing it to himself. Very good. The power of the word. Spoken word. And we need to control that property. Huh? If we take words and throw them like daggers, they get results. Yes, you got to see it. You remember Flip Wilson, the comic, who used to say, what you see is what you get. That's true. And the man who said to me, well, Reverend, I got saw this Rolls Royce carnation in my visualization. He made the mistake. He didn't see himself with it. So, also, when you see people with good, always say also, and when you pass those sign, home sign cards, people are looking good, say, that's for me. Let me hear you say it. That's for me. Say it again. That's for me. See? Bless it. Bless them and say, that's for me. That means that you include yourself in that idea of good. Mighty set. Santana, what's up? More like a movement you need be in tune with. Killer the dawn, what's good? Crack music, Diplomatic community, 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 I told them use it as my casket if I drop dead Money, power, respect is what the lock said He showed a lot of lock and respect is what the cops said Fuck the cops Paparazzi flicks on the six page Grammy bunch with the 40s by the rib cage Got my jacks, we want to be this like Big Dave R.I.P. I've been buying roadies since the kid's age 9-1 Four, five, six, top in the seven series We'll drop top shit, I can see having clearly Pray for me Try to put them on the game, but they never hear me Snoop, maybe a text is the closest that you get Near me. Shit, cause life is so ferocious that it's getting scary It's hard to stay focused and my eyes are getting teary Optimus, what up nigga? Hey, yo, Capo, what up man? Wait, some talent shit, huh? 
Sentimental had cocaine in the rent Nothing sweet but all my sweets are presidential Dead presidents, I'm done with residential What I mean, man, I bought my own zip code Leave me alone, I go flip mode Don't care if you black with a big nose White with pig toes Just how the shit goes The kid with the sick flow Jewelry, got Bruce Leroy Slash Slick Rick Fuck is you, Negro Hello? Okay, good. So as the chemicals of emotion wane, the cells will go into a period of chemical withdrawal. This will stimulate the brain to produce more molecules of emotion, and the cells will carry out the corresponding behavior to concentrate the chemicals in the tissues. This is known as emotionalism, which creates drama. No, I'm serious. You have to understand that drama is a biological created activity because the chemistry of that emotion is dwindling in that person's body. And so therefore, to keep that chemistry at the level that it's used to, it will stimulate the person to create drama. So you have to understand this is a self-imposed chemical addiction to one's own emotions. And if that means that they are sabotaging things to solve this chemical imbalance in the body, they will do that. If it means that they have to create disharmony or create havoc, etc., it will happen over and over and over again. So these people don't need enablers that continuously support them through their high drama. They need to actually be treated and put into withdrawal and consult about how to be able to separate their sensations from a thought so they do not continuously create this chemistry. So you have to understand this is a serious problem because what I have observed about us as African Americans is that we have difficulty staying focused and participatory in an event because we allow our emotions, and now we've created these emotions because we have judged someone else's speech or someone else's behavior to allow us to abandon the goal or the project over and over and over again. So I used to find it very interesting because Caucasians will make it very clear to each other, I really do not like you. However, if they are very clear that they need that person's skill or talent, that is inconsequential, and I will meet you tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock so we can get busy on this project. And at 5 o'clock, 
Don't speak to me again. So I've heard us rationalize that, oh, that's hypocritical and just a whole bunch of other stuff and how can they do that and they shouldn't speak and look at what they did. A whole bunch of chemical poisons and toxins that you have created in your mind. Because when the mind understands that we need certain skills and talents to be able to get a project done, we're not interested in how they look, what they say, what they may be doing, etc. We're interested, can they execute this particular activity to the extent that I'm going to get one step closer to the goal. And if the mind understands that, a healthy mind will ignore the rest of the activities and stay focused on the goal. This is critical. I mean, I have seen us talk about we're not speaking and whatever else, etc., and nothing gets done. Nothing. Over and over and over again. Because we are emotional addicts. We are not in control at all of our bodies. It is our emotions that are driving us. And so, therefore, we have abandoned the project. Years go by, the same foolishness and nonsense, and we wonder why, what happened. And somebody else that didn't do whatever they're supposed to do. No, it was you who would not control your mind and stay focused. Keep it locked. You're tuned in to the hottest radio network on the planet, Evolution Radio. It's not just grocery stores seeing empty shelves and panic shoppers. Gun and ammunition dealers are very busy in the last week. It's been a busy year for them, in fact, but they told ABC 13's Ted Oberg they have never seen anything like the last few days. Ted's been trying to figure out why. He's now live at Top Gun on the city's southwest side. Tom, Ted? Gina, the one thing the general manager asked us here when we came in to do the interview was, hey, can you make it quick? We are very, very busy. Take a look. I mean, this case here should be full of handguns. Usually, if not this the same way. Look at their ammunition shelves. They have more in the warehouse, uh, but they say on these shelves they just hadn't had time to restock them. Then take a look at that wall where you see the two long guns there. It's been restocked twice this week. When we started this day, there were six on that wall. Now there are only two left, and they say they're likely won't be any to restock until a new shipment tomorrow or the next day. The point here, they say they are seeing lots of repeat customers, but in this surge, plenty of new ones, too. Phyllis Myers wanted a gun for months, but today was the day she came in to buy one, a Smith & Wesson 380. They have sold three this morning. And do they have a fourth for you? No, we had an order. order online. At gun stores across the country, guns and ammunition are selling at record levels. So much so that some gun stores are limiting ammunition purchases. A gun sales trade group says background checks were up 300% Monday over the same day last year. But why? The NRA told us Americans know that during trying times like these, first responder resources may be limited and their safety is ultimately in their own hands. It's comfort, right? Uh, you have the comfort knowing that I can protect my family and my loved ones if the time arose or need be, and I think that's just some peace of mind. It's not all being met with open arms. There are scattered reports of cities across the country considering ammo or gun sales limits, but we can't find any actually enacted. 
The Brady campaign against gun violence warned, It is understandable to seek what can feel like protection in times of upheaval, but we must acknowledge the risk bringing guns into the home pose. What do you compare this to? Nothing. There's, There's no comparison? Not really. You may be able to hear their very busy range here at TopCon. One more change, Gina, is that normally people would buy ammunition here to use in the range. More often than not, Kyle Harrison told me they are buying the ammunition here to take home and have in their stockpile. Gina? You know, Ted, we usually see gun sales from time to time go up. Usually it's related to fears that their ability to have weapons is going to be put in peril. Mm -hmm. Is this really the biggest peak for gun sales ever? Yeah, it's, it's hard to say ever, right? It's certainly the most condensed peak that ramped up so quickly that the gun dealers we've spoken to uh, would, would tell us. We take a look at FBI gun background check data. That's a way to track buyers. It, it has certainly gone up since April of last year when the Democratic primary heated up, for example. You see the gradual increase in the last several months. But take a look. The only peak that mimics what we're seeing most recently was way back in the end of 2015 when Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump were ending their presidential campaign. Uh, that's the only thing that mimics this, and March could be even higher than that. And Ted, my neighbor around the corner, I saw her when we were running. We were social distance apart, however. She made mention of the fact that she was glad she had her guns. What are people telling you more about their motivations for buying now? What do they mean when they say they're worried about a panic? Yeah, I think it's a tricky question about why uh, people would suggest that this might be panic buying. Some of them linked it to, like, the grocery store buying, the same thing the empty shelf here might be an empty toilet paper shelf at HEB, but I'm not certain that's the same issue or the same psychology. I think what we're hearing most from both dealers uh, and, uh, and, and buyers is that they're sort of playing out these what-if scenarios to their ultimate end, and they're worried about a, some sort of breakdown and wanting to be able to take care of it. Powered in a time when so many of us feel so powerless. Ted, thank you for that. Get on my nerves, but I can live with that All the bullshit that I did, gotta consider 
consider that She just keep applying the pressure into a nigga crack German engineering, she pulling up Time to get out of here, we did the hood enough As if a nigga ain't hood enough Nah, baby, 99 ain't good enough What's up? You ain't got a lie, just a ride being real You should try to just keep it one with me Real talk Should never be hard to be real when you keep it one with me You ain't got a lie, just a ride, just keep it one with me Should never be hard to be real when you keep it one with me Now I don't ask for much, so if I dap you up, just please Keep it one with me Gotta keep it real as the song is real. Friends turning to brothers when they've been with you the longest right. I know I ain't the brightest, I ain't saying you the wrongest no. But the maintenance man already told us that they was on us I Thought I had a buyer for the peas, they ain't like those Left them in your room, then you try to catch a flight, yo Deep down in your heart, you know that wasn't right, bro They fuck around and ran up in the crib, same night, yo Six pounds of haze in your closet is what they see in there 48K in my closet, I wasn't even there Work wasn't mine, but the money sure was was. What I should have knew was that it wasn't all love uh-uh. Bailed out and told me you was gonna get the bread back Your man was right there, he could tell you you said that Had to separate, I can't do the pretend shit The charges got thrown out and so did the friendship Just keep it one with me Word. You ain't gotta Word. lie, just a ride being real You should try to just keep it one with me Should never be hard to be real when you keep it one with me you ain't gotta lie, just a ride, just keep it one with me. Should never be hard to be real when you keep it one with me. You ain't gotta lie, just a ride being real. You should try to just keep it one with me. Should never be hard to be real when you keep it one with me. You ain't gotta lie, just a ride, just keep it one with me. You never be hard to be real when you keep it one and one. Listening to Evolution Radio. Visit MakeMoreCommerce.com for more remedies with Joey L, where remedy meets preparation. Right here on the New Evolution Radio Network. I'm your host, Joe Bounce El Bay Ali. And this is the bottom line. Today is Sunday. The first of the month. Wake up, wake up. How y'all feeling this day, man? A uh, couple quick announcements. Coming up in St. Louis uh, and then Philadelphia. All right. Uh, St. Louis seminar is scheduled for the 11th of uh, September, sorry, 9-11, um, and we have a seminar on Philly scheduled uh for either the 16th or 23rd. I'll get back to y'all on that date. All right, so those will be coming up. Um, if you sign up for our email blast, listen to on Remember, go get an email details. I have a flyer out here for you soon. 
with all those details, you can find out the Seminole Tip. All right? All right, so we're going to get into it tonight. I'm going to waste much time. Um, we're going to talk tonight about attachments and contracts, right? And one of the things that we definitely got to discuss. Um, and, you know, it's funny because, you know, the, the ancestors always give you right information at the right time, depending upon where you're at with it, right? So um, this is going to be an interesting topic for us to discuss tonight. Hopefully, you'll be able to follow along with me. All right, if you got some questions, make sure that you raise your hand, get yourself in the queue. If you are in the chat, you want to call in the number 347-989-0194. Make sure that you press the number one to get yourself in, all right? And if you're not signed up for our membership, go to makemorecommerce.com. All right, we're in the process of doing some updates and stuff. Um, so the new updates should be out shortly. We'll go there, sign up. Um, and, you know, if you need some remedy, you can go there, all right? Um, and I would encourage you all to start using the chat boards again, right? Those help a lot of people. If you got questions, go on the chat board. That's why we got the chat room set up on there. You can go on there and chat with other people in your jurisdiction, all right? Now, let's let's get into it, right? We're going to talk about attachment tonight. And you have to ask yourself, when it comes down to contracts, have you attached yourself to a contract, whether it be knowingly or unknowingly, right? And how do you detach from an attachment, right? How, how do you um, practice your, your, your independent um, state? How, how, how are you able to operate in what they call a sovereign capacity, right? Because in America, right, um, there are still sovereigns here. This is remember. This is a nation among nations. Now, an attachment is the act or the process of taking, apprehending, or seizing uh, persons or property by virtue of a writ, a summons, or a judicial order, and then bringing the same to the custody of the law. So, either for the purpose of bringing a person before the court or acquiring some type of jurisdiction over the property. Okay, now. This also deals with compelling an appearance, right, to furnish uh, some type of security for debt or cost or to arrest or fund, right, um, in the hands of a third person who may be at some point in time liable, right, to pay the attachment. Now, the writ of attachment or any other process for the accomplishment uh, of the purposes of an attachment, right, this being... Um, the common use of the word, a remedy and sealer, I might not, I might not be pronouncing that right, a remedy ancillar uh, to the action by which the plaintiff is enabled to acquire a lien, so this is where your lien comes in, okay, upon property or effects of defendants for satisfaction, satisfaction, excuse me, of a judgment which the plaintiff may obtain. So this is why your non-UCC is important. All right, this is why we tell you to do the UCC, do a non-UCC. Okay, these things are important. Now, the purpose of an attachment is to take a defendant's property into legal custody, right, so that it may be applied on a defendant's debt to the plaintiff when established. So understand that um, you, you may have adhesions out here and don't even know about it, right? And these particular contracts or adhesions um, can pull you into different jurisdictions unknowingly if you're not careful. 
Okay, so at common law, an attachment uh, was procedure whereby the sheriff would command to attach a defendant who, after being personally served, disobeyed the original writ of summons by keeping certain of his goods, which he would uh, forfeit if he didn't appear, right? And it's really important because sometimes you might be at the wrong address, and then you might mess around and forfeit something and not even realize that that's happening, okay? Um, the sheriff would also make this person uh, find securities, all right, who would be immersed if he continued a non-appearance. So that's why they would make you put a bond in, okay? Now, if after such attachment he still neglected to appear, he would not only forfeit the security but also would be uh, compelable by a writ of what they call a distringus infinite. It's, it's a, an, a writ of distringus infinite. I'll give you a working a working definition here. Just a second. So, because anytime that we and, and by the way, I'm starting to show off, and I'm giving you the actual definition here because I, I don't want it to be confused um, that it might be something else, right? So, the writ of the stringest infinite. Is a writ that's done by the sheriff, right? A writ directed to the sheriff commanding him to distrain one of his goods and chattel to enforce his compliance of what is required of him as for his appearance in court. Okay? So understand that this is why the injunction is so important. This is why you have to put an injunction in because it stops them from putting attachments on you. Okay? Now, um, an attachment can be done to a person. It can be done to property. Okay? So when it's done to a person, the writ issued by a court of record commanding the sheriff to bring before it a person who has been guilty of contempt of court, either in some type of neglect or abuse or any part of that process, right, um, of a subordinate power. Okay, and then when the writ is attached to property, uh, a species of what they call uh, mesne, right? So species a species of mesne um, by which a writ is issued. At the institution or during the progress of an action, commanding the sheriff to seize the property, the rights, the credit, right, which I talked about uh, on the last show, right, or effects of the defendant to be held as security or the satisfaction of such judgment as the plaintiff may recover. So it is principally used against what they call absconding, or they call you an absconder, right, concealed or fraudulent debtors, right, and they also refer to these people as what you would call bad actors, shit like that, right? So um, when, when we talk about something like being being an absconder, right, and and I, I don't want it to be confused, right, because just because you have an attachment does not make you a debtor, okay? Now, an absconder, right, it means to depart secretly and to hide oneself, right, with, with stolen money. So... Um, if you become an absconder, they consider you to be somebody who's stolen some money. Okay. Now, in order to give jurisdiction, right, where the defendant is a non-resident or beyond the territorial jurisdiction of the court, his goods or his land within a territory can be seized upon the process of what they call an attachment, whereby he'll be compelled to enter an appearance or the court uh, acquires jurisdiction so far as to dispose of the property that's attached. So this is sometimes called a foreign attachment, right? So they step out of the realm of 
the domestic and into the realm of the foreign jurisdiction. All right. Now, there is a difference between domestic and foreign jurisdiction. So in, in some jurisdictions, it is common to give the name domestic attachment okay, to one of the, the issuing uh, parties against a, a resident debtor. Right. So, but this has to be done upon some type of special grounds, like there was fraud committed, um, or there was an intention. Right. It has to be. It's got to be clear that there was an absolute intention for somebody to be an absconder, and to designate an attachment against a non-resident or his property. Okay. Now, when we talk about these things, especially um, being domestic or foreign, right? Somebody would ask, well. Is this where my trust comes in play? This is exactly where your trust will come in play. The attachment is the legal process by which a court of law can request a creditor, right? Or, as, or actually, the creditor can request it themselves, but the creditor designates that specific property owned by the debtor needs to be transferred to the creditor or sold to the benefit of the creditor. So I want you to think about who is the first-in-line, first-in-time creditor. Right in your situation, so you could be talking about something as simple as a car payment or a student loan payment. Who is the creditor, right? So this is the reason why a lot of people tend to go into bankruptcies, right? So when you declare bankruptcy, um, this severely limits the ability for the pretender lenders or the so-called creditors to attach themselves to the debtor. Okay, so that's what that's where insolvency comes from, right? To to, to solve the problem. So many jurisdictions have what they call a, a homestead exemption, right? And we don't think about the homestead exemption, right? It, it, it protects the value, okay, of the home or the, or, or the resident or the person that's domiciled, right, from property taxes, from creditors, and even circumstances that arise from the death of the homeowner's spouse. So these laws are found in the statutes um, in the Constitution, Right, of most of your states, okay? And you can find the homestead exemption pretty much all over, right, especially in the South, right, and, because it's got a lot of its legal origins um, that come from um, the Spanish Empire, okay? So in other states, right, the, the, the homestead exemption, um, you know, you have, you, you have to be very specific how you use a homestead exemption. But understand that in order to have some type of immunity, you have to have a homestead exemption when we're talking about property, okay, and property rights. So then the question would arise is, where is your real home, right? Are you an American or are you a United States citizen, right? And what are attachments that they give you from the very beginning, like a Social Security number, right? That's an attachment, okay? So I want you guys to understand that there's something called the home rule. Right, and anytime we do a home rule, a home rule can generally, and I want you to look at it like this, right? Let's say that you get a, a traffic ticket in one state, right? That traffic ticket in one state might not be the state that you are from, right? So the state that you are from becomes the home rule, right? The the, the actual organic state that you're from, right? So the home rule of that would apply. So if the home rule is the Constitution. Right, and the supreme laws of the land, that's the home rule. Okay, so the home rule wouldn't be statutes, codes, or ordinances, or anything like that. Okay, so the, the homestead exemption applies directly to the home rule. So the home rule is government 
of a colony that basically is um, a dependent country, i.e. you being a national or your organic state. Okay, so um, the power of a constituent, so then it deals with your constituencies, okay, who you have attachments to, right? Um, so basically the, the, the constituent part of a state, right, is set, is set up to, or, to basically organize and govern the powers of what would attach something to you, right? So you think about um, things like liens, right? They never put a lien on you when they made you a U.S. citizen, but they attached you to a contract that you technically only have because you are in use of what? Of the social or some type of um, contract with these people, okay? Now, attachments and, you know, the homestead rule and the home rule, all of these things are different depending upon where you're at, right? And and how that applies. So it comes back down to a jurisdiction thing when we're talking about attachments, okay? Now, and I like to, you know, if you've got a black law dictionary, make sure you direct yourself over there so you can understand exactly where a lot of this stuff is coming from. So attachment execution is a name that's given in some states to a process of a garnishment for the satisfaction of a judgment. So it's the one judgment debtor it is the execution, but as to the garnishee, it is the original process, right? So a summons commanding him or her to appear and then show cause if he has any, right? Why the judgment should not be levied on the goods and effects of the defendants in his hands. So one of the things about trust is that nobody can put an attachment on you when you're in trust. The trust is a creditor. Trust has the first lien. The trust has the first Attachment, first in line, first in time, right? So this is where the, the whole attachment thing comes into play at for you, all right? Um, you know, because there's that, you know, that, that old binding agreement, and they put that on contract that it's a binding agreement, and binding to impose one um, or more legal duties on a person or an institution, right? So, for example, parties are bound by the terms of a contract. The courts are bound by the precedents that have been set. So one of the precedents that have been set um, in contracts that will essentially bind those who try to bind you would be something like the treaties, right, or the supremacy clause, okay? So while you may be in a position where somebody's trying to bind you, understand that that person themselves can be bound to way because they had to be held to the contract in which they adhere to. So if you took an oath, then your contract that binds you as an attachment is what? The oath that you took, which may be, you may have took an oath to uphold the Constitution. So it keeps you in place. So attachments, right, um, can apply to pretty much anybody or anything, but they have something called attachments of privilege in English law, right? And this is a process by which a man or a woman by virtue of his or her privilege, calls another to litigate in the court to which he himself belongs and has the privilege to answer there. So a writ issued to apprehend a person in a privileged place, right? And this is a lot of times why in the United States they'll give you an attorney, right? Because it, it is a privilege to have an attorney, is it not? 
it's like it's a privilege for them to give you a public defender because they can take it away from you as soon as they give it to you. Okay? So then you have to ask yourself, what's the difference between a right and a privilege? And we talked about this the other day, right? A privilege can be taken away. A right can never be taken away. Okay? And this, this goes back to attainder, right, which is the execution of civil rights and capacities which take place whenever a person who has committed treason or a felony, right, receives some type of sentence for his or her crime. So there should be no bill of attainders that should be passed, which means that technically, unless there's an actual lien against you, right, and that person is an actual creditor, not a second party, right, then their uh, attainders and their attachments have to fall off, right? Okay, so just because you say you got to lean on somebody or something doesn't mean that you actually do. Okay. Now, when we talk about attachments, right, attachment is used um, in pretrial provisional remedies, right, basically to ensure a final judgment. So they got to bring you into court. And if they don't bring you into court, right, and, and remember, you got to be served properly, right? They don't then the attachment is supposed to fall off. So sometimes courts attach a defendant's property as a provisional remedy to prevent the defendant from making uh, herself judgment proof. Okay. So, for example, a court might attach part of the defendant's bank account to prevent her from transferring all of her money to an offshore account. Okay. So, in all but most exceptional cases, courts must hold a hearing and follow other procedural safeguards before ordering attachments. So such as a provisional remedy like an injunction or a notice of estoppel, okay, things like that. So courts often will attach the debtor's property to help pay the creditors, either by directly transferring the property to the creditor or by selling it and then giving the creditors the proceeds. And this is why, once again, the trust is important, okay? And they call this a quasi in realm. It's a, a subtype two jurisdiction, right? Which is the attachment jurisdiction. So it's quasi in realm. So these are what they say in uh, realm actions, right? So a court may only affect a defendant's interest in specific property. Okay? So these actions have, um, when they deal with res. Um, and when we talk about rem, rem is a Latin word, right? And it means against the thing. So uh, in rem jurisdiction refers to the power that the court has over real property, personal property, any of those different things, right? But the court doesn't have jurisdiction over what? Over your trust. Right? They, have, they may have jurisdiction to administrate. Well, I don't even want to use the word administrate because they have jurisdiction to hear actions. Okay, but... If it's an express trust, depending on how that trust is set up, right, they have to go by what? The declaration of trust, the trust indenture. This is why it's important in the declaration of trust that you have a, a specific line about um, what you are attached to or what that trust is atta attached to. Okay? Because don't think that they won't try to attach that particular entity into their system. Okay? So back to the home rule, right? And, and the home rule, um, for example, right, um, it deals with administrative divisions. It deals with, you know, county. It deals with um, your, your county's commission. It deals with your state, your state's commission. 
It deals with unincorporated areas. Okay. And when I talk about unincorporated areas, this is a region where uh, the local government is either privately owned or privately held, or it is a municipal corporation, right? So when you, if you live in New York, think about your borough, or if you live in Louisiana, think about a parish or a township or your county, or well, sometimes they call them cantons, right, your state. Or if you live in Canada, they call it a province. Okay? So these are your attachments. Get out of forgive me. I'm a little, I'm a little tired today. All right. Now, um, UCC 9-203, okay, just with attachment and enforceability of security interest, proceeds, um, supporting obligations, and formal requisites, right? So and I'll read it to you. It says, A, a security interest attaches to collateral when it becomes enforceable against the debtor with respect to the collateral unless an agreement expressly postpones the time of attachment. So remember, in order to get any type of um, collateral agreement, Right against the debtor, and one, the debtor had to agree to it. Number two, you got to prove that you were first in line, first in time. Okay, so you have to be the, the what they call the real party of interest. Okay, B, it deals with enforceability. So, except as otherwise provided in subsection C through uh, C through I, a security interest is enforceable against the debtor and the third party with respect to the collateral only if number one, the value has been given. Two, the debtor has rights in the collateral or the power to transfer the rights in the collateral to a secure party. So if you gave all your shit to a trust and then the trust puts in a declaration that the debtor doesn't have any inherent rights other than to control the piece of property, but it doesn't own it, right? So um, or, or let's say the debtor the debtor is given permission to to use a certain item, right? This doesn't mean that he has to bequest any rights, so he didn't give any rights up. So the trust can step in and be the secured party, okay? Number three, one of the following conditions is met. A, the debtor has authenticated, there's that word, a security agreement that provides a description of the collateral and the security interest can to be cut, a description of the land is concerned. B, the collateral is not a certificated security and is in possession of the secure party under section 9-313 pursuant to the debtor's security agreement. C, the collateral is a certificated security in registered form and the security certificate has been delivered to the uh, secure party under section 8-301 pursuant to the debtor's security agreement. So now you see why it's important to have a security agreement in place. Okay, D, the collateral uh, is deposit account electronic chattel paper, uh, investment property, uh, letter of credit rights, and even the secure party, um, anything that he has under his control, okay? So you can go look at section 9-104, 9 9-105, 9-106, 9-107. All of this is with security agreement, okay? So when a person becomes bound by another person's security agreement, um, the, 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 the person has entered into a, into a contract with another person by operation of law other than, right, um, number one, the security agreement has become effective to create some type of security interest in the property, or it becomes generally obligated 
for the obligations of the other person. So you become a surety for that other person. Okay. And if that person becomes a surety for you, then they have to make sure that the obligation has been uh, extinguished. Okay. So if a new debtor becomes bound as a debtor by a security agreement entered into by another person, number one, the agreement satisfies subsection B3 with respect to existing or after acquired property of the new debtor. Now, I'm going to tell you like this, right? If you operating with any of their entities that they give to quote-unquote dead people, then they consider you to be dead, which makes you um, makes you have an attachment. Okay? Now, another agreement is not necessary to make a security interest in the property that's enforceable. So an attachment of a security interest in collateral gives the secure party the rights to proceed under 9-315. Okay, so this deals with your collateral. This deals with your property that you put into your trust. Okay, so this deals with pretty much anything that you convey, that you can convey, gift and lean over to your trust. And if it hasn't been conveyed, gifted and leaned over, then guess what they do? They step up and they try to take your shit from you. Right? Or they'll try to lean you up, but they never actually do a lean. So if you buy a car, how many times have you bought a car, had a payment on it, but never actually seen a UCC on your shit? Most times they won't put a UCC on your car. Right? You can show me where they've done a UCC on your car, okay, and your, and, and your payment, your finance company, right? Then you can show me where they have an attachment. Other than that, all they did was give you what they call the security agreement, right? But there's really no true attachment there, especially if you take that car and you put it into trust. You know, you can buy a car with trust. They don't like you doing that. But you can buy a car with trust and give it over to your trust. Gets rid of the attachment. Okay. Now, the reason why I brought up one of the home, the whole idea of the home state rule and the home rule is because if you're in one state and you're dealing with problems, you need to go back to your original jurisdiction to get rid of the attachment. Okay. Or, or they're going to use the bill of attainder. They're going to use the old feudal law, which which is basically to turn over or to transfer money or goods to assign um, those goods to a particular entity other than yourself. Okay. This is like like I told you on Friday, this is like with child support, what they do with child support, right? They throw an attachment on you, and then they throw a bill of attainder on you. They throw a stain on you, and what's the stain? The stain is, oh, um, this person didn't pay child support. So because they didn't pay child support, they put the stain on you of being um, a deadbeat, right? Something of that sense. So you got to pay child support. Okay, that's an attachment. Okay. Attachments are all over. This is why it's really crucial for us to understand how this thing works with these attachments. All right. Um, now, the attachment of a security interest in a right to a payment or performance secured by a security interest or other lien on personal or real property is also an attachment of a security interest. So, your mortgage is an attachment. Okay. Your card note is an attachment. Your social security number is an attachment. Okay. And they can bind you. And then you'll be bound by that contract. Unless you unless you use a 
equitable remedy to remove yourself from that contract. Okay. Because now you got injury to yourself. Okay. So the attachment of a security interest is basically a commodity. So when we start talking about commodities and you want to talk about things in terms of private banking and stuff like that, you got to understand that they look at you like a commodity. What's your value, number one? That's why they use the the color scale on you, right? So attachments are all over the place. Um, one of the attachments a lot of men forget about is the attachment with the military, right? You turn 18, they have you do what? They have you fill out um, selective service agreement. So you become attached. So you got to get rid of that contract. The driver's license makes you attached. If you don't do the passport correctly, it gives you an attachment. Okay? All these things can be attachments, if you will. Okay? All right, we're going to take a real quick break. Uh, when we come back, I'll give you a little bit more information. Then we'll open up the call lines. We're going to keep it short tonight. Um, and I'll be right, right back. Keep it locked. Keep it locked. You're tuned in to the hottest radio network on the planet. The new Evolution Radio Network. Let the band play. Let the band play. Uh, back at it again. Yeah, I told my niggas quit playing. Let's run up the end. Yeah, I hop in some back through the dash. I'm gone with the wind. Uh, yeah, I'm rolling up blunt back to back in the big bang back beans. Uh, uh, yeah, money got me in the trends. I'm going in, pocket full of bitch of men. Everybody watching him, he ballin' again. Damn, glob on the rim. Better put that shit on film. Bitch, I got skills. Young nigga flexing on gym. Don't give a fuck how you feel. You know what it is. Uh, yeah, yeah, everybody cut so cut. Everybody on go mode. Whole gang on go go mode. Got ain't like Rumbo. Yeah, big K they jumbo. Uh, them things hold hunchos. Yeah, back at it again. Uh, my new bitch is ten and she ain't got no friends, but she pop a little pills and I crack all these pills so I cannot trip. Uh, Cause what I sip. Yup, ain't shit trying to keep that thing right up on my hip. Yup, I just be the case I got caught round round with them things in my whip. Yup, uh, nigga I was sticked up, getting plenty sticks. Yup, uh, they legit, but uh, you know how to act when they see us. Back in the big yeah. baby beans. Uh, yeah. uh, 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 
Radio. Visit MakeMoreCommerce.com for more remedies with Joey L, where remedy meets preparation.
Motherfuckers anyway, you know they'd have killed you without hesitating. That's why they belong in prison. For what? They got beat down, they lost their rock, they lost their money. The message from Hillside probably gonna smoke them. I mean, Jesus, what more you want? I want the justice. Is right? that I mean, not justice? That's street justice. What's wrong with street justice? Oh, I just let the animals wipe themselves out. God right? willing. Fuck them. Everybody who looks like them. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. The good guys, they die first, right? Those school kids and moms, family men, they don't want to catch the stray bullets in the noodle. To protect the sheep, you got to catch the wolf. And it takes a wolf to catch a wolf. You understand? What? I said you protect the sheep by killing the motherfucking wolves. No, you didn't hear me. You listening, but you didn't hear me. All right, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Whatever the fuck ever. Anybody up. I mean, it seems like you're pretty busy keeping people out. What the fuck you talking about? You know what you're talking about, Biddy Boot. Got nothing but shit between your ears. Shit, they build jails because of me. Judges have handed out over 15,000 man years of incarceration time based on my investigations, okay? My record speaks for itself. How many felons have you collared? Huh? Yeah, I rest my case. Oh, yeah. Look, man, I'm not smoking crack, all right? Yeah, I don't... Just put it in the glove box. Put the $60 in there, too. That'll come in handy later on. We'll use it like, like a credit card or something. Hey, no matter what I say, you did the right thing. Reminds me when I was out there chasing down bad guys, rocking their world. That was some pretty amazing shit you did back there, Oi. Thanks. Yeah, I noticed you applied that uh, that chokehold, though, huh? <laughs> I thought that was a no-no procedure, boy. <laughs> I was getting my ass kicked. Yeah, and you did what you had to do, right? You did what you had to do. That's right. Oh! So the wolf does. You a wolf? Come on, wolf. Oh, come on, dog. Oh, oh. <laughs> no, I said a wolf, not a rooster. A wolf. Oh, 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 oh. That's a rooster. Give me a wolf. Fuck this, man. Give me that beard. Ah, there you go. All right, all right, we back right on the bottom line. I'm your host, Joey Bounce, L. Fred Ali. Uh, all right, so we're going into it tonight. 
um, we're talking about attachments, right? And, and I'm giving you a little bit of um, equitable remedy here at the same time, right? To help you out with this. Um, and it's really important that you look at all your contracts, right? Um, what's enforceable and what's not enforceable, right? So when we talk about equitable remedies, like, I mean, you can't talk about things like attachment and not give somebody a remedy. So, see, the bulk of equitable remedies um, deals with specific performance. Okay, so injunctions against wrongful acts, uh, accountings from the fiduciaries, all right, equitable, what they call equitable restitution or equitable restitutionary remedies are what you need, right, in order to defend yourself properly. So um, as compared to legal remedies, right, um, we're going to give you some equitable remedies, right? Because there, there's legal and then there's equitable, right? And just because somebody puts an attack on you, know, does not mean that it's supposed to stick because there are equitable remedies in these particular instances, right? And this is why you do, a, you do an injunction, you put an injunction in your trust, you send it to who it needs to go to. You got to do what you got to do with your injunction, right? That's important. Now, um, legal remedies, right? When it comes to damages and being damaged, things like that. All this shit, all this stuff goes back to jurisdiction at the end of the day, right? So legal remedies tend to be um, substitution, right? For money damages or some type of substitution for the harm. So equitable remedies are specific and they are direct. They are orders to the defendant, right? Personally to perform. The contract, or to the remedy, uh, or to remedy somebody, you know, some harm or some type of damage that happened. So you're supposed to get a remedy. Okay. So a strong preventative element, element, element that pervades equitable remedies are um, legal remedies, right? That exist, right? And like I said, a legal remedy, you know, you can find those in your statutes and. Your code, but then you have to remember that there's still an equity jurisdiction, right? And so these are your what they call um, in persona, but not in realm. So earlier I was talking about in realm, right? So uh, practicing the issue of using an injunction, right, against somebody in a common law setting uh, normally will allow you some type of remedy. So then there's inequitable remedy, which means that these are matters that are brought um, in, in front of what they would call a chancellor or lord or things like that, right? And if you go back in history, right, you look at like medieval times, like Renaissance periods in England, things like that, there were what they called the administrative adjunct. Um, so this was the, the chancery of the monarch. Okay. <laughs> if y'all remember correctly, I also told you that and this was a while back, right? How a king, um, you know, you go in front of the king, right? And they didn't like what you were doing or they didn't like your talent. They would go off with your head, right? Well, in order to stop them and minimize the problems, they would put in the clergy or they would uh, create a chancellor or a panel of judges um, or you'd deal with the church, right? And this is kind of the buffer. 
uh, between the sovereign and those who weren't sovereign. Okay? And they would be the deciders, right? So the cases uh, would be accepted on a case-by-case basis. Right? And the requirement, um, you know, was that you had something that needed a legal remedy, right? But you couldn't get the legal remedy, so you had to go for an equitable remedy. So this is why you were going to a court of equity, right? And this dealt with um, mergers of law and things like that, equity and and other type of uh, what they call cleanup doctrine. So there's something known as the equitable cleanup doctrine itself, actually. So um, the the equitable cleanup doctrine, right, historically meant that uh, once equitable jurisdiction was attached. The court determined not only the equitable issues, but only um, legal issues that were uh, incident to the case. So what am I saying? What I'm saying is, is that if you find yourself with an issue, number one, you need to go into the right court. Number two, you have to invoke the equity jurisdiction in that court. This is why uh, on Sunday or Friday we talked about um, doing bills in equity. Right, something that you might want to look up. So there's some requirements for equitable remedies, especially when we talk about attachment. So the procedural merger of what they call law and equity, right? You, you're going to need what they call the primary jurisdiction, which refers to the power of the court, whether the court can handle a particular case. So can this court hear this type of case? If you plan on using something like what the Constitution or a treaty court that wants to bring you in for an attachment, can they even hear the type of case? Because we have to talk about subject matter jurisdiction. Do you have subject matter jurisdiction over this type of case? Right? Are you empowered by a statute or does the Constitution step into play? And if the Constitution steps into play, well then, if you're a national or you you have you know, you can call it high value, Right? And high value, you know, when they use the term high value male, they're not just talking about your value with a woman in a relationship. They're talking about your value in relationship to, to the actual vessel. Which, which vessel are you caveat to? Right? So for actions in RAM, or what they call quasi in RAM, there must be jurisdiction over the subject matter and the res, which is the property that's in dispute, the personal jurisdiction. Right over the defendant is not essential. Okay, it, it, it's got to be subject matter. Now, when we talk about equitable jurisdiction, right, assuming a civil court has primary jurisdiction, it may grant equitable remedies based on principles that were developed by what the Chancery Court. So you see how we keep going back to Chancery. You're going to keep going back to equity, right? So. There's a couple of requirements when we talk about equitable jurisdiction, right? Assuming that a civil court has primary jurisdiction, okay? Number one, the requirement is that no adequate remedy at law was present, which means that there wasn't anything in their statute that gave you a remedy. So the impact of history remains, right, that before granting equitable remedies, the court must find that legal remedies don't exist or they are inadequate. Or um, there was nothing that could provide you a, uh, a a a remedy for some type of irreparable damage that may have occurred to you because somebody putting a tax on you 
that shit might fuck you up for real. It might actually cause a lot of damage to you personally, right? And they might not have nothing in the in the actual codes or the statutes or their civil law that protects you. So then you've got to go into a rent a, a equity jurisdiction for remedy. So that's irreparable injury is what they call it. It means harm that cannot be rectified or compensated by damages, uh, right, that was done to you or by any other legal remedy. So you can go look up um, what's the case. It's um, it's Wisconsin versus the Federal Energy Commission, I think it is. Yeah, Wisconsin versus Federal Energy Commission. It was done in I think it was 85 or 86. Go, go look up that case. That, that'll, that'll give you what exactly what I'm talking about, right? When we talk about having an adequate remedy, right? Because you got to be able to show that there's some type of legal remedy, right, that wasn't available. So you got to be like, look, there wasn't no remedy available. I exhausted all my remedies. So I'm approaching the equity jurisdiction for redress. Okay. A lot of times, either going to be in equity court or in the district court. Okay. Now, injunctions, um, authorized by statute, right? Courts can hold traditional equity requirements that don't need to be met. So the injured party need only show violation of a statutory requirement. So hey, if you practice an ex post facto, right, and you keep doing it against me, when you took an oath to uphold the Constitution, then I can get a redress for my grievance. Right? Where's my immunity? You keep giving it to people who have protection under the statutes, but what about the people who have protection under supreme law? The law that is superior to yours. Right? So, uh, as a as a condition for equitable remedy, right? Um, equi- equitable relief Right, it's discretionary. So the requirement um, is that there doesn't need to be any adequate remedy at law. An equitable remedy will not be granted unless a court is satisfied. The other conditions have applied. So think about your tort cases, right? You can bring a tort suit, right, for people who don't want to give you equitable remedy. Okay. All right, so and tort is really important, right? I mean, you can do injunctions, you can do torts. There's a, there's a few different things that can help you get rid of an attachment, all right? But especially a tort. All right, now um, when we talk about the, the whole quasi and ram and all of that, right? It's important to understand a few. I'm gonna give you some some other things to think about here, right? But when we talk about about jurisdiction, you really need to know. Okay, so if there's an attachment on me, how do I get rid of this attachment and am I in the right jurisdiction to do it? Okay, so, um, and I'll, I'll I'll go down the list here and give you a few different things that you can use, okay? So you can do what's called self-help repossession under the UCC, right? So this attachment is basically unnecessary when the creditor or the plaintiff already has interest in personal property, but the creditor can do what's called a self-help repossession, and um, you can use this is under Minnesota Statute 336.9-609. So 
So as long as the repossession does not breach the peace. So the advantage is that no lawsuit is required, but if you are an unsecured person with no lien or security interest in the other person's property, this will not work. And so the attachment may be more suitable for remedy. So understand that you can do a self-help repossession. Somebody wants to repossess something, well, then the trust is supposed to step in. Okay? You can also do what's known as a replevement. Um, this is also known as known as an action for claim, right? So the replevement applies when the plaintiff or creditor already has a secured interest in personal property. So the attachment would be unnecessary, but the replevement is used when the self-help repossession would breach the peace, okay, or there are ownership questions in place. So the replevement basically is a court process for recovering possession of personal property from another person. So you can also do what's called a replevement bond, okay, and you can put a replevement bond in to help secure your property. So the replevement requires the plaintiff to have a present right to possess the property, right? So this is where your first-in-time lien and all that shit comes from. So this usually comes uh, when a bank is trying to recover collateral from a loan, but, but it can also come up when somebody has something that's yours, like a car um, or your chattel or your cattle, any of that type of shit, okay? Um, then there's voidable or fraudulent transfer claim. So attachment would not work when a defendant has already transferred assets to another person. So a fraudulent or avoidable transfer is when a debtor shifts an asset to a relative or a business partner to avoid collection. But if you had already done that shit prior, and I put it, like, let's say you put everything in the trust on the 1st, and then on the 10th, here comes, um, you know, here comes Humpty Dumpty asking for um, your shit like he's the creditor. Well, guess what? You don't get it because I already did a lawful transfer, okay? Now, the injunction or a temporary restraining order, right, it deals with attachments to it, but it focuses on uh, seizing or putting the lien on specific assets. So if the plaintiff has other problems, the plaintiff will need a, a broader remedy. So this is where your injunction comes into play at, all right? Um, and then obviously there's the lawsuit, right? So if you want to take somebody to court and you want to sue them, you could always, you know, open up a suit in equity, do a tort claim, things like that. Okay. Um, so general grounds for prejudgment attachment, right, are that the property has to be what they call non-exempt property, which means that um, you can't use the homestead exemption, you can't be under treaties, you can't be under the, the Constitution. Like, basically, you are a citizen, so you have privileges, okay? So this is why it's really important for you to go back under the proper laws and use the proper laws. Because if not, they can throw that attachment on you real quick, all right? All right, moving forward. The other one is an underlying lawsuit. So attachment must be done within a civil lawsuit for the recovery of money. If you want money... You gotta open up a civil suit, okay? But this, so, so at the start of any case, you can do this, right? Now, if granted, the property will be secured so that the plaintiff can satisfy a money judgment, okay? So, and if this happens, right, and the case starts in the civil court, you can petition to have it moved to another court if you see that you're not getting the proper remedy, and this is why you will go into an enforceable court of equity. Because they make unilateral mistakes all the time. 
And if they don't give you adequate consideration, right, then it's called inadequate consideration. And in some jurisdictions, adequacy of consideration must be placed, pleaded, and proved by the plaintiff, right? So understand that nobody can come after you if you're showing up as a real predator. Because right, tort injunctions include the fact that there's no adequate remedy, which means that you didn't get an adequate remedy. Um, it deals with balancing of the equities. Okay, so some type of undue hardship or something like that. And then it deals with enforcement. Okay. Now, when we're talking about specific performance of contracts, there doesn't have to be no adequate remedy at law. Uh, contracts and the terms of the contracts are, are defined in the contract. The plaintiff is comply with all the conditions preceding to bring in um, the contract or whatever into the court. Um, and and you can think about like a court and satisfaction for that, right? Like you, if you if you was dealing with specific performance on a car, a car note, you try to pay it off early, right? The court and satisfaction, but they didn't follow the contract. Well, then they broke the specific performance. Okay. All right. Um, so there's just a few things we got to think about tonight. I ain't going to stretch it out too long, but it's just to give you a good understanding of attachments to how these attachments work, right? And understanding that there are ways for you to be able to, um, to remedy the situation when there's a problem. Okay. All is not lost, uh, but but it's important because when they talk about seizing property, they'll be trying to seize you. They'll be trying to seize everything you own, right? And you can be in a contract and not even know that you was in a contract. So this is why it's important for you to have a trust set up, right? Because when the court issues a writ of attachment, um, it's normally dealing with the sheriff, and the sheriff has his own writ of attachment. Right, the sheriff is attached to the Constitution, so which means that you have to invoke the jurisdiction with the sheriff, just like the court does when they want to issue a writ. Okay, so even the courts have to invoke um, the power of the, the sheriff, as you call it. Right, call lines wide open, three four seven nine eight nine zero one nine four. If you want to get in and holler at me, press the number one. And we're going to take some calls to see what's happening out there. Um, I'm going to go over to, uh, let's go to 718-926. You're on the line. Seven one eight nine two six. You're on the line. Hello, hello, 718 Come back to you. Let's go to 917 804. Peace to the gods. What's going on with you? What up? Peace to the gods. What's happening? Much, much. He's listening in, man. I'm liking the topic. He's talking about the uh, attachments and the yeah, equitable man. remedies. <clears throat> yeah. Some of, some of them we use, too, like the injunction. You know, mm-hmm. learning how to do tort. Another. Absolutely. I remember I used the, uh, yep, I had a attachment for it for, um, 
probation from court. They used the injunction and they uh they closed out the damn contract. Told me I needed to sign a new one. Exactly. But <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, all, mm-hmm. and that's how they get they that's the only way that they can bring you in there with a lot of attachments is trying to use a contract that you either signed or you didn't sign. And then sometimes right. they try to put people on behalf and not even invite you into the court. And then say that, that you went into to, uh, dishonor. So that's why it's even weird. Yeah. Shoot, man. Y'all be dropping a lot of good stuff. Um, with the performance bond, how would you go about utilizing that in the court atmosphere? So, so with a bond, you can put a bond into the court. Um, so you get the performance bond, you take the bond, and you, you actually put it on record with the, with the clerk, and then you file it into the actual case itself. Um, and then you can also file it into your trust as well. But the performance bond would be there to, to make sure that you know some type of performance takes place in the event that somebody fails to do something. So normally, you just whatever kind of bond you got, you can just take it and put it into the case. That's the same thing they do when you got a. Um, like when you got to bond out a jail with a lawyer, you got to get a bond. So then they actually file record of that bond into the case. And then if something happens, the bail bondsman has to show up as the surety and pay for you. Mm, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So it's, it's the same thing. So under 15 U.S. Code 1692E, um, and you can find this in the FDCPA to a debt collector, um, may not use any false, deceptive, or misleading representation. All right. So right. basically, false representation um, that the debt collector ha- uh, is vouched for, bonded by, or affiliated with the United States or the state, including the use of a badge, a uniform, or anything thereof, is, is actually false representation. Just because you got a badge, don't actually, don't actually, it don't mean nothing. Just means that you got a false representation. Right? The false, so the false representation or, or the implication that you got an attorney, right? I mean, mm-hmm. basically, an attorney, an attorney doesn't really represent you. He represent me in legalness. That's false right. representation. Absolutely. Just like, like with your um, trust, right? Who real party in interest? Be the real party interest because it was first in time. Yeah, and then and then the person who can show up and speak for it would normally be the trust protector, the trustee, because the real party interest is the one who actually possesses the substantive rights. So remember, we talked about substantive law, right? So this is the person who actually possesses the substantive right to assert some type of force that there's a claim, or a force that that the claim is is invalid. You got to you got to actually bring in. Um, the trust protector, or or the real party of interest, right? Somebody that can actually speak, yep. saying that there was damage done. Yep. It's under, mm-hmm. and it's also under rule. It's under rule seventeen too. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it is. And, and, yeah. So rule seventeen deals with executors, administrators, guardians, bailies, trustee of an express trust. Right, and it says, and I'll, I'll read it to you here. It says the following people can sue in their own names without joining the person for the benefit who the action is brought. 
executor, administrator, guardian, bailey, trustee of an express trust, a party with whom or whose name the contract has been made for another person's benefit, and a party authorized by statute. Right? Mm hmm. So, yep. trustee, this is under Rule 17, and they got the express trust in here. Mm hmm. They know what it is. So, my question right. now is uh, would it be considered an attachment if you serve the sheriff with a penendus and a cisis? Because they actually have no. to show up. Well, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, excuse me. That's an attachment for the sheriff. Not for you, but for the sheriff. Right, 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 right. Because right, the sheriff right, right. has the Constitution. So that means he's got to follow the penendus. Mm-hmm. Just like the sheriff. Just like when when you when you deal with um the the writ of the stringest infinite, which is the writ that basically um it's it's a distraining writ, right? Commanding him to distrain one of the goods of the chattel. Right? Somebody took your shit. Okay, wait a minute. Hold on, sheriff. I need you to go over here and get my shit back for me. Penendus indecisis, and then the writ of the stringest. Mm-hmm. Couldn't share that's why it's important to, yeah, that's why it's important to do rich. Um or, or, or bills in equity. Oh yeah, they powerful. They're definitely powerful. When you uh when y'all went over the penitence and the I was surprised that people wasn't just turning around and using it all you know, all day. Yeah, a few people used it. Been a while. I used it. That was all years ago Yeah. I ain't even having no problem. That's that's the balloon. You know? Very Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Definitely dope. I ain't had much more, man. Then you know I was here with you. Absolutely. Thank you, God. Good to hear from you. No doubt. Yes, sir. All right, peace, bro. Peace, God. Peace. Let's go to seven one eight nine two six. You on the line, you there? Seven one eight nine two six. That must just be in the background. All right, let's go to four zero four four eight four. You're online. Peace to the God. Peace to the God. Can you hear me? Yo, what up, yeah, though? Okay, hear you. What up, though, man? Peace to the God. How you? Yeah, man. Oh, I'm chilling, God. I'm chilling. I like how you Good. dropped that. You know what I mean? Thank and you, man. I that's that. where it's all at. You hear everything on the right subject and shit. That's the proper court to go into. And you're dealing with all come, 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 come a little closer to your mic. Hold on. Let me get off of this Gucci. That's the problem. Give me one second. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can. All right. Yeah. What I'm saying is like that's the proper court to go into when you're dealing with all that. All the other courts is pretty much administrative. You know what I mean? And that's the problem you're dealing with. I was gonna say I think the only court is that you should. I mean, listen, if you don't go to equity jurisdiction, the only other jurisdiction that you could even possibly get a remedy in based on the organic laws would be district court. Right, right. But you, you, you still have to remember 
style is everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's yeah, what the yeah. people that you to go into. You know, so it's your jurisdiction is going to be based on the court that you go into, and that's right. If you title and caption it in the wrong court, that's where you at. So you can't that's complain right. and bitch about no jurisdiction when you titled it in that particular court. That's right. Exactly. Yep. So you you, you got to do a petition to get out of that court. Right. So it's very important that you pay attention to detail on everything that you do. Even though we're not subject to the rules, but that particular form, you still have to do what you got to do. You know what I mean? But yes, other than that, yes, man, you, you hit it on the head. You know what I'm saying? Thank you. You got to take them into equity. You're not dealing in rim. You're dealing with the res. And the res the trust. Right, in persona, and it's the trust. So, yep. when you're dealing it's, with that... Because it, it all goes back to that. I mean, and that's why I just read that thing for under Rule 17, because it even talks about dealing with, what, express trucks? Who can bring something in? Who can bring a, a, a suit in equity, a real party, a trustee of the express trust? Right, right. Right, but you have to sue, you know, with the suing in the name. You know what I mean? Yep, that's it. Yep. So you got to, when you pull that shit in, it's over with. It's nothing they can do yep. because, like you said, the conscience of the king. That's what the chancellor is. That's that's right. The conscience of the king. That's right. Right. So that's going back to the whole biblical sense and all that. What justice is actually do to the person that justice is owed. That's when equity really. Activate. It's, it's, it's all through the Bible. You know what I'm saying? People have been reading the Bible from a whole different aspect from listening to somebody tell them what the Bible say, but it was dealing with equitable principles all through it. So your remedy exactly. has always been in place. You can choose man's law or you can choose God's. Or you can choose God. You can't serve too much. There you go, for you will love one and hate the other. Right, right. So I guess when people uh, get that overstanding and see, because a lot of people, you know what I'm saying? I meet a lot of people like, well, won't you be my lawyer? No, motherfucker. I can't stand for you. You have to stand for yourself. It don't work that way. Exactly. You You know know what I'm saying? Only way that, that only way that that would work for anybody is if they made you a trustee of their trust, and then and then you right. had a contract with them to go on their behalf. That's the only way that would work. And then all the property that at that time too got to be given over. Right, but I mean, what good is that gonna do when you got to be accountable for your word? And still, if That's I did what, all that, think about it. I'm still in that same particular realm proceeding because. I'm acting as a guardian for this particular person. You see what I'm saying? Exactly. Yep, exactly. So I I, I don't want to be there. You're supposed to stand there and defend your own. You're telling them Mm -hmm. that you're not of the Asian majority. Majority. Yep, yep, that's exactly what you're telling them. 
Right. So it, it don't make no sense for me to come in there and do anything for you. I could. It's, it's plenty of ways you can come in, but even so, you still at the age of a minority. In your uh, mind, minor. you're a lunatic or some type of incompetent person. Yeah, yep, lunacy, straight up. Right. So that's what people got to realize. No one can stand for you. You have to stand for yourself. You have to have standing before that court. And the standing is really based on what they say, uh, how they say, you present yourself before the court. No one can represent yeah. you. Read it comes now. Peace. Right. Yep. All who these preachers That's it, man. So, so I mean, you can get. You, 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 go ahead. No, I'm just going to say, I'm agreeing with you. You know, how are you stepping into that jurisdiction? What capacity are you stepping up in front of? Facts. Facts. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's and I, I, like, I like Rule 17 because if you look at Rule 17, um, they they know they even I mean they they're basically telling you like look we know that you're gonna exhaust your remedies with civil shit so just use the express trust and let that trustee come on in and do a party uh, do a do a real party of interest and, and and then we can give you some equitable remedies right but you know uh you know the funny thing about those rules is is equity hitting inside those rules. That's the crazy part. You know what I mean? Yeah. That people don't yeah, read. Well, they got to give you equity. That, those rules technically are equity. Right, right. The very fact but that they have you use the trust. Correct, correct, correct. But, you know, you know, for people that might get confused about that when you said for the trust and all that, all all that shit can be considered a trust. You didn't mm-hmm. they exactly how you in the state. There you go. All accounts, everything is a trust. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A, a guardian, yep. an administrator, a bailey. Because if you look at the bailey, right? Like when when you get bailed out, they consider that person to be the real party of interest. They really right. are the true. Uh, they flip it back on you. Yeah, he's a, Right, he would be the intermediary or the uh, yep. custodian of the property. You know what I mean? Yep, yep. Yeah. That's why they call yeah. that. And when you show up for court after you bailed out, yeah. But you know, it's. I mean, people looking at the words and the definition, and they're not really seeing what's going on. You notice that's on the UCC bill, word barely things of that nature. There's plenty of ways to move with it depending on how you want to roll. You can roll depending with the how you or the beneficial owner. You know what I'm saying? Yep. The, exactly. The question is the question is never who's the beneficial owner. All these people show up in the rim, right? And they always <laughs> do it by characteristics as what? A fucking treasure. They're never the as, beneficial as, owner. That's right. That's right, and you never step in as a real party of interest or the beneficial owner. So they just assume, well, this guy is a surety, you know, and he's yep. liability. He, he's going to he's going to uh, assume the responsibility of the debtor. I ain't assuming Correct. responsibility. Leaving, of right, leaving you as the volunteer absentee. You yep. see what I'm saying? 
So you volunteer to be the one to pay the debt. But, you know, all in all, I'm, right. I'm going to say this, then I'm going to let you get to the next caller. Good. You have to remember when you go, when you look at the treaties and all that, who would the principal debtor be? It would have to be the United States and Congress. United States. And that's why they got to give you full faith and credit to be, to be able go. to even support it. That's exactly right. Because they got the attachment to what? Their attachment to what? The supreme laws of the land. So they had Correct. The Constitution. Yep. And the treaty. The supremacy clause attaches them to the treaties. Right. So the obligation will always fall in their lap. Yep. So, so that's all. That's all I'm going to say on that note. But, yeah, you know, straight you up. Know, they left and then they got to go fix the problem. Oh, for sure. For sure. Now, I mean, think about that. I, 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 I chop it up with you, you know, when you get a chance to holler at me, man. And I, I'm going to uh, okay. give you something. You know what I mean? Okay. That's uh, outside the box. Okay. You did. No, I look forward to I'll, I'll probably touch base with you sometime tomorrow, man. No, it's you know when you can. Just message me before you uh call or whatever, man. And I, I'm gonna uh drop something for you right quick. You, you did. Okay, go ahead. But no, no, I'm saying you know uh, in the private. Come on, in the private. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's cool. Well, but yeah, you I'll, definitely want Fields and equity. <laughs> right, you, you definitely imp- you're on point. You know what I mean, but that's peace, you, God. You know what I mean. Right. Good show, bro. Okay, thank you, bro. I'll talk to you soon. All right, for sure. All right, peace, bro. All right, let's go to peace. um, let's go to, peace, peace. Let's go to eight one three five six four. You're on the line. Got their mic open. All right, we're gonna take a real quick break. We'll be right back. We got some seminars coming up: St. Louis and Philly. Um, I'll have a flyer up for that soon. All right, I'll be in St. Louis uh, next month, and I'll be in Philly in October. Uh, it's gonna be at the Marriott. All right, look forward to seeing y'all. I will send y'all. Um, if you're on the email list, you'll get a blast out soon, and the flyers will be up as well soon, all right? We're going to take a real, real quick break, and we'll be right back. Don't go nowhere. Keep it locked. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back after these messages on Evolution Radio. Nope. Yep.
up, I got a Ruger. Yeah. You in love with the house? No. She bringing you the dough? Yeah. You gon' cry if she leave? No. You gon' fly overseas? Yeah. Everybody got choice. I choose to get money, I'm stuck to this bread. Everybody got choice. These bitches and I'm all in their head. Everybody got choice. Without the life that I chow Everybody got choice These bitches be hatin', I already know But I never go broke No, no, no I'ma stay gettin' money Yup, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I ain't gotta sell my soul No, no, no I'ma stay gettin' money Yup, yeah, yeah, yeah. you broke, you ain't like me No, no, no I'ma stay gettin' money Yup, yeah, yeah, yeah. I give a fuck, you don't like me No, no, I'ma stay gettin' money Yup, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lazy No Got that to drop crazy Yup Hater No Wanna see a player get paper Yup with Joey L, where remedy meets preparation. I 
right, all right, all right. Be back. Let's go back to the call lines. Let's go. Let's start 813 again. 813-564. You're on the line. Peace, God. How you doing, Joey? Peace, God. How you, brother? Good to hear you. I'm doing good. I'm doing great, man. Long time to hear from, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, where you been at, man? In the cut. I'm still back. I'm still sitting back here working it out, man. I'm still chopping at it, man. Slow, slow and steady. I'm trying to, I'm trying to do the right thing the right way instead of the wrong way. That's why shit right, didn't man. go right. Fight, bro. Yeah. No so yeah, man. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, man. I'm just, I'm just tuning in, man. I really got a little question about one of my partners. I know it's some kind of contract, Dion. He just got out of it. He just got out of the joint. He on, he on. House arrest. So oh, yeah, I'm trying to figure out it. how would he go about distinguishing that contract, though. So, well, for number one, he needs to get a copy of what he signed um, that put him on house arrest because he signed something. So he needs to get a copy of that, and then he needs to do an injunction. And he, of course, he's going to need to use the Constitution, his state Constitution. I, uh, um. And, you know, he he can do a rescission, you know, but he's got to be careful about how he does a rescission on that. Try to come pick his ass back up. So it's got to be it's got to be done stiffly in terms of in terms of what he's talking about. Yeah, that's what he's I'm trying to approach it. Yeah, I'm trying to approach it lightly because he don't fair. It's federal, you know. Yeah. So I don't want to. So then, so then he's gonna need to use federal constitution, right? Um, you know, and use the supremacy, right? And then he can he can bring up the treaty. But see, the, the old so the old contract is what the old contract is um, what what actually put him on paper. The new contract Listen. is going to be you know, the, the, the new the new contract is going to be the production. Say again, Joe. I ain't hear you. Sorry, the dog is going crazy. Uh, the new contract is the injunction. The old contract is what? It's the contract that put him actually on paper. So that would be the original so, charge that he, he played out to. Well, that and then, and then whatever he signed coming out of, out of jail, saying that he would sit it at your home. So he would have to he he have to somehow find out to get copies on what he signed to get out to be put on that to distinguish that, and then the junction would be the new contract. Did I say that right? Joey. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, man. Y'all sorry about that. I said, yeah, the injunction is the new contract, and the old contract is the one that he's doing rescission on, which is what we actually put him on papers in the beginning with. That's, that's the attachment, like you're talking about. That's, the, that's his attachment. Yeah. He's attached to the United so, States that way. So he'll have to rescind that, and the injunction will be the new one. I'm pretty sure he got papers, because when he get out, they give you all the paperwork that you signed. To, yeah, to they give you all, all the paperwork. That, they give you a copy of that yeah. contract. So it's going to be up to him to actually go to the top, the head of whoever um, the organization is, right? whether it be, you know, the prison that, that put him on that. Normally it's the state 
or the fed, or this case, the feds, feds did that. So he's going to have to go to the federal level, the boss of the federal level of that organization, and extinguish it at the top, and then let him know what the injunction. Also, notify him of the injunction. Correct. Right. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Okay. Okay, man. Yep. Right, yeah, that's how I would do it. Well, if he, if he needs yeah, well, privacy, yeah. Yeah, because he's been, he, he been down for a while, like 17 on some drug shit, man. You know, and that was it. So, hell yeah. <laughs> then he got to finish that's the rest on house arrest. Yeah, man, he, he got to finish the rest on house arrest. So I'm, I'm just trying to lead him the right way you got all this time. So I'm just trying to tell him what to study yeah, on and look up. It, and, time to start yeah. studying. He definitely yeah. needs to go into um, the codes, first of all. The first, four, the first thing I would do if I was him is look at the codes and code them to. All right? And that's why you do him some good to, to be in trust as well, because they got him under their trust right now. But it's like I always say, if you're not under your trust, you're going to put up under somebody else's. Yeah, but see, see, he got a lot of catching up to do. I'm just getting him to get his birth certificate. I don't want them to grab his ass back up for doing some shit, you know. That was one of the best uh, things he could do, authenticate that birth certificate. So he should do that first, and then, wow. I mean, I know he should extinguish. I want him to get, send that injunction out, you know, that it caused a problem to go back out, you know, go back in. Yeah, so, so first thing that you so want to do is authenticate his birth certificate. Second thing I would okay. do is take a look at the codes and the paperwork that he's got. Take a look at the contract. Take a look at the codes. Sometimes they even put clauses in there, like where if you do try to rescind it, they may try to come back and get you. So that's why you got to. That's why I said you got to do it real skillfully. You got to take your time with that because you don't want to violate no provisions, but it's a contract. So you want to you yeah. want to be sure that they want to protect your life. It's kind of like when you come out of prison. And they make you a felon, and they say, "Well, you can't own a gun, right?" Well, Constitution says you're supposed to be fully restored. You're supposed right. to be fully restored, but they don't restore your your rights because they don't consider you to be under that particular attachment, right? Or did we be protected? So you just brought up another question: How would I do something like that? Exactly what you just said. So who would I? I know I got some kind of attachment because I sent something out and they 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 still denied me. They denied me even with the injunction out there, you know. And I sent it What's to it certain for? people. And, exactly what you just said. My right to bear arms. Oh yeah. So so then so then what you gotta do is you damn near gonna have to open up an equity suit. Oh, that's the equity. So. I mean, so who would I, who? First of all, and then and then it deals with 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 um, is it in rem jurisdiction or in personam? Where more than likely it's gonna be in personam. Yeah, yeah. So you're gonna have to deal with that in equity court. Wow. You you could always district district court ain't gonna give you. They're gonna ask. So first thing they're gonna look at is did he exhaust all of his remedies? On on a if it's a federal matter that he exhausts all the federal remedies he gave them. Well, one of the one of the last remedies that they give you is what the supremacy clause to turn to that. 
to use the, the laws that subvert um, the, the code say that you can't have a, a weapon. Because in the Constitution, mm-hmm. it doesn't say anything about Or if you end up in jail, then you got to take your gun right. It, it, right. it didn't say that. No. It says that in their trust indenture, and their trust indenture is is the the federal code. Definitely. Yeah, man. I got I got to get back with you on the equity, taking them the equity, because I I tried to exhaust some of my remedies. I tried to uh, get my rights restored, and they're still denying me. So I should have sent an affidavit with it when I sent the paper in. But yeah, yeah. And if you still have problems with it after you get through the process, that's when I would suggest that you that you step into the whole idea of what of being able to go into an equity court. Yeah, yeah. I, I like money. Yeah, I go. I like money. I want to sue some. I'm still waiting on yeah, well, a lawsuit. Well, 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 remember this, right? That's that's on that's on the deprivation of rights. Yeah, but it's the exactly. Your wife. <laughs> exactly. That's all I was thinking about yeah, drawing up affidavits and sending it with the. With, yeah, because I was thinking about drawing up affidavits and sending it with the clemency paper about that deprivation of rights. Y'all violate my rights. Just bear arms. You know what I mean, my shit's old. They just never. They just never gave it back. My shit's old. I've been trying to get a pistol. They keep denying me. Yeah, remember they're using color of law. So you got to bring that up. Okay. You can't use colorable yeah. law on this. Definitely. So, oh, yeah, so, man, so, man. Yeah, man, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate all your help. I'm glad to hear you back, man. I know you need a vacation from all the stress we put you through. Well, not stress, just a, <laughs> uh, a repetitive question. Man. man, we all need it, man. I'm trying to get out of this sun, man. I need it. I need a vacation up north. I'm tired of this sun right now. <laughs> so you tired of all that <laughs> Hell yeah, man. It's been hot since I'm December, sick. man. Shit. <laughs> Shit. It's been hot since I'm December. Feeling. I'm feeling, man. Oh, man. It's hot getting hotter, man. As they say, stay, stay lukewarm, bro. Yeah, always, man. I'm glad to hear you in good health, man. Stay in good health, man. I love you, man. I love what you do, man. Keep doing it, man. Peace, God. Thank you, God. Good to hear from you, bro. Definitely, man. Talk to you soon. All right, Joey. And this, this is a new number. I'm going to lock this in, too. Yeah, this is a new one. Okay, I'm going to lock you in. All right, Joey. I appreciate it, man. Peace, All right, peace, God. God. All right, let's see. I don't know if I went to you already. 910753. I already took your call. Yo, Pete, Joe. I already took your call, right? Okay, let's go to the next one. Let's go to seven one eight nine two six on the line. Joey Bells, Ali, peace, God. What's up, God? Peace. How, how you doing, God? Good to hear your voice, man, God. May, may peace and blessings be upon you. Thank you, bro. Same to you, man. Thank you. Thank you, brother. That's, how that's you? Peace. That's peace, God, man. Everything is wonderful and great, God. <laughs> I love to hear, man. It, man. You know, Land of opportunity. Hey, indeed, brother. Life is good. We're going to keep living this motherfucker. But I ain't ain't going to hold you up. Yes, sir. 
Yes, sir. Um, I don't want to hold you, God. I just had a, uh, a couple trust questions real quick. Um, All right, what you got? I, I, I need help with my trustee, God. Um, yeah, what's what's a good... What's what's a good like offer to make somebody like you know what I mean? I might talk to my peoples, see what's up, see if I can get plugged in. Um, but what's a good or uh, initial offer to make somebody? What you talking about to be your trustee? Like a foreign trustee, yes sir. You pay him in gold or silver, you know. Pay him in lawful money, and um, you know you're paying them for their services, you know, for services rendered. So you could do a case by case basis. You know, and you know, if you put them on the contract, you know, you give them some gold and some silver, um, or, or something of equal value. And it's hard to value too much stuff for silver and gold, but you know, you give them something of, of like value, and um, <clears throat> you know, you stipulate what the what the terms of the contract are with them. Okay, should it be a reoccurring thing, or should I try to get it at a fixed rate? Um, well, you got to remember, a, a trust is perpetual, right? So because a yes, trust is perpetual, I mean, the trust runs forever, right? Even though they say 25 years, right? Technically, a trust is perpetual. It's lifetime. So, um, yes, you know, yes, you, you tell a trustee, look, I need you for this much time, or I need you for a lifetime. Um, and I need, I need you based on certain things that may come up. So that's where you got to get specific with them. Like, hey. You know, if a court case comes up, I need you to step up and be a real party interest. If uh, if bills need to be paid, I need you to pay a bill for me. Those are the type of things to do. Okay. Um, now, if people are not able to get their own, are you are you still uh, assisting people with that or, or not? Yeah, I can't I can help secure that service in the private. You just got to hit me privately. I'll help you get that. Okay, okay, um, yeah, cause I, I I'm trying to get all my ducks in the row, bro. So I know, you know, what I come to, what I gotta come to the table with. You know what I yeah, mean? that's cool. To get this so over, yeah, bro. So like set up, set up a like a quick console with me, like six in or something like that, and then I can I can square your way and get you all the details you need. Okay, okay, so I just hit you in the private, then God. Yep, yep, I got you. I, I my brother, you, I appreciate you, God. Okay, good. No, no more questions. I got you, bro. Hit me up. Yeah, yeah, I'm all good, bro. I appreciate you, God. I'm all good. Okay, God. All right, good. All right. Have a I good evening, bro. Talk to you soon. You, you, you too, my brother. Thanks. I, uh, I don't see nobody else with their hand up. If you want to holler at me, this is a good time to holler at me. Call the number is 347-989-0194. What up, Solar Child? Yeah, no corruption of the blood. Straight up. Shout out to the chat. Um, So that's what's up, man. St. Louis Seminar coming up and Philly coming up. So I hope to see y'all in one of them two places. All right, I'll announce other places as we go. Um, Right now, that's what I got scheduled. Trying to get back out there on the circuit. All right. Um... Monday, I'm on I'm on uh, Sundays and Fridays. So if you um, if you ain't tuned back in, I'm on open forum Friday on, on Friday. I'm trying to keep the, the tradition that we had going, right? In the spirit of of that. Um, so Fridays I'm back on. Um, make sure you go holler at Jonah over there on Mondays and Wednesdays. All right. 
showing them some love. And um, that's what it is, man. I'm going to say peace to y'all. MakeMoreCommerce.com. Y'all know where I'm at. All right? And I'm going to get up out of here, man. I'll leave you with a love, little bit of love. Supreme little John Coltrane, man, as I ride up out of here. And I'll holler at you soon. MakeMoreCommerce.com. See y'all next week. Visit makemorecommerce.com for more remedies with Joey L, where remedy meets preparation.